Hey, it's Jared. We're going to jump into the book of James. And I've been studying the book of James with a group of men from my church over the last several weeks. I decided we were going to jump into James because it is such a great book for how short it is. It's an easy book to jump into and get a ton out of. A bunch of great conversations come because of the content of the letter of James. And so I decided that I wanted to take that, not just what I've been able to glean from the book of James and as I have been studying James, but also some of the conversations and some of the things that I've had with others and what that has done in me as well, because I'm a firm believer that what the Bible says is true, that the Bible is the word of God, that it is a living, breathing word of God, and that it meets us where we're at and that it affects us in different ways. That is why when we go into God's word, we could read scripture that we've read several times before and find new meaning in it. God's word speaks to us where we are at and it is timely, it is alive, and it is something that speaks truth into us should we allow it. And so in the book of James and those conversations that we've had, it's just been really great because those conversations have led to my own growth. And that is why it is great to open up the word of God with other people. If you're a guy, a couple of other guys, or if you're a gal, a couple of other gals, and just get into the word of God and see what the Lord will do, not only in your life, but in the lives of the others that are with you and how that benefits each of you individually and together as a group. So let's dive in. We are in James chapter one. I'm going to read some of this here, and then we're going to go through some of the things that I was able to tease out of this that spoke to me personally. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes in the dispersion. Greetings. That is how he decided to open up this book. This is James whom many believe is Jesus's half-brother. James obviously knew Jesus really well. Assuming that this is Jesus's half-brother, scripture says that his, his family, his brothers, didn't necessarily believe he was who he said he was at the beginning. You know, James also has to be pretty close to the same age as Jesus, probably not too much younger than Jesus. The difference is here is how James is introducing himself. Obviously, this is written after the crucifixion and resurrection, but James is referring to himself as a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is how he has chosen to identify himself, which is a position of servitude he didn't seem to have in the past. There isn't a whole lot that's said about where his head was at during those times and mentioned in other places. But for me, I look at that as a way that I want to be identified, the way that I want to identify myself when I am putting myself in a place of trying to draw other people near to Jesus. If I am going to approach other people, whether it's through a video like this or whether it's through a conversation one-on-one -on -one with someone, I need to align myself as James is aligning himself at the beginning of this book. And we're gonna revisit this first opening sentence here as we move forward. In verse two, it says, "'Count it all joy, my brothers, "'when you meet trials of various kinds, "'for you know that the testing of your faith "'produces steadfastness. "'And let steadfastness have its full effect "'that you may be perfect and complete, "'lacking in nothing.'" The headline here above this is testing of your faith. And I find this statement to be true when it's carried out in this way in all of life. 
when things come our way and we have difficulties and struggles, when we meet those with joy, not that every struggle is joyful. Obviously, there are things that are challenging and very difficult, and they elicit a lot of emotions out of us and stretch us in ways that hurt at times our struggles and challenging. But when we meet that and count it joy that that happened, that that took place, we can recognize that our faith has been tested and that we have come out the other side better. You know, the old saying, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger rings in my mind. Like, and we say that kind of jokingly, like, well, I survived, so obviously I'm stronger, right? I mean, that's not always the case. It's not always the case that we come out the other side of a situation stronger. A lot of times we come out with damage. We come out more bitter and angry than we were before. And so it's a cautionary tale that as we go through the different trials of life, that we make sure that we maintain the appropriate mindset, that we don't get caught up on the things that our emotions typically get wadded up in, that we look towards Jesus and we ask for the strength to get through this and ask for the opportunity for growth because the positioning of ourselves with that mindset means that that's what we truly are going to desire, even though sometimes we have to talk ourselves into it, as I know I do when a situation is coming up and I don't want to deal with it, but I know that I need to, I have to talk myself into it. I have to get myself ramped up so that I can have the right mindset going through it. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But it's saying here, count it all joys, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Counting it all joy means to be thankful. I am thankful for this opportunity. Even though this is going to be tough, this is going to challenge me. It's going to give me the opportunity to challenge others. And as I come out of this, I'm going to have a deeper understanding of things in and around this challenge that I just encountered. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. That is the result, is steadfastness. Having more bandwidth to deal with things like this in the future, having more understanding to come at it from a renewed point of view the next time you have to endure something like this, uh, or perhaps even having the understanding to not have to deal with it in the first place because you have moved beyond that. You know how to prevent this from happening. You know what you need and what others need in your life to prevent from this scenario happening again. There was growth that happened there through that steadfastness. Verse four, and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. How often are we looking for the easy way out? I want to get out of this. I don't feel good. I don't like this. It doesn't make me feel good. I've got emotions of anxiety and stress is, is sneaking up on me. So I want out. And that's my natural inclination. As it is with most of us, we don't like that. And so we seek to get away from the things that are challenging in our lives. And what the Lord is saying here through James, let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. That doesn't mean to sit in misery and wait for this to pass. That does not mean to sit on your hands and do nothing and wait for this to pass. And then hopefully something good will come out of that. There's no faith in that. There's just a hoping that it goes away and hope is empty without having a direction 
and having something to align yourself to. And when we align ourselves, we are in action. We are moving towards a solution, but we are not trying to take the easy way out. We're not trying to minimize what's going on and discount it and push it off on someone else. We're taking control of the situation. We're taking the opportunity to understand what's going on and to make it better and move it forward and seek resolution in that situation. If we don't do that, we will be lacking. And if we do do that, we will be lacking in nothing. Verse five, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. That is the promise that we have that if we stick with it and we go to the Lord and stay aligned with the Lord through this process, that the wisdom that we need to get through this will be given to us. Who knows what that looks like until the time happens when you are faithful in those moments and you say, I'm not giving up on this. I'm not taking the easy way out. This is going to be tough, but I know God has something that he's going to do through all of this. But Lord, please help me understand where to go and what direction. At least light the way for me so that I can see a step ahead. God will do that. There's that promise here. And that's going to look different based off of what our understanding is, what our level of faith is. I mean, there's, there's a lot there that can determine how clear that path is. And God will give us what we need in that. And that's the the thing that I've had to learn over the years is, man, I sure would love it if God just turned on all the lights and the path was outlined and all I had to do was walk it. That's not always the case. Sometimes it's just trusting that the next step that I take is the step in the right direction. And as long as I am trusting that, yeah, God, I, I've thought about it and I've, I've weighed the pros and cons and I've prayed about it to you and I've asked you and I maybe even have included a couple of other people that I think are maybe more knowledgeable in this area than me. I've done my homework and so I'm ready to move forward and I'm just going to trust that this is the right direction. Sometimes God wants us to take that step of faith in that direction. And taking that step of faith may mean, no, actually, we need to kind of divert and go over there, but we wouldn't have known unless we took that step of faith. So I think it's very important to go to God and ask for understanding, but not sit on our hands and wait forever. There is a time to wait, but there's also a time to move forward. So ask of God who gives generously. Verse six, but let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like the waves of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. That is where we get into trouble with asking God and then doubting the outcome. How many times have we gone to prayer and said, Lord, if it is your will, this. We're giving God an out, which essentially God is saying, where's your faith in that? If I'm going to the Lord with any form of doubt or any form of uncertainty in what I want the outcome to be, then I'm not truly aligned. I'm not, I'm not truly believing that God could actually deliver on that desire that I have for that outcome. And if I'm truly going to God, I'm not going to go to God with something that I think he can't accomplish. You know, when we're praying for healing, we say, but Lord, if you decide not to, may it be this. And, and we're giving God all of these, you know, A, B, or C options. And, and he doesn't need our A, B, or C options. He needs the desire of our heart. If we truly desire healing, pray for healing. If we truly desire to understand something, pray for that understanding until otherwise. And I get caught up praying and asking for understanding, but if being attached to everything that I ask of God, and that is not 
having faith that God will carry out any of that stuff. It's basically saying, Lord, I already don't think that this is the way it's going to go. So if it doesn't go this way, perhaps it would go this way. There's no faith in that. I've realized in myself, like it is a lack of faith and believing that God could actually move in that way. So uh, let us ask in faith with no doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea. That is the thing. If we are doubting, if we are not truly believing that God could deliver on something, we are wishy-washy. We're all over the place. We're not able to achieve that outcome should we have the ability to in the first place. And so we are unable to achieve that outcome when we do not believe in faith that it could be done in the first place. And this is not prosperity gospel type of stuff. Like, Lord, I believe that you want me to be rich. And so I'm just going to believe that and will it into existence. That's not that. It's truly trusting God in the trials and the various things that we come in, in contact with and encounter in our lives and truly putting those in God's hands. None of those have to do with a monetary or a physical outcome, but in trusting that God handles those things. And the result is what God sees fit and trusting in that so that we are not wavering and back and forth and wishy-washy and unreliable and uncertain as to what we actually want, trying to find understanding within ourselves rather than going and actually having true faith that God can give us the knowledge and understanding that we need. Verse seven, for that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. And so that's another thing. Like we can't just go to the Lord trying to will things into existence. I need to go to the Lord with a defined, clear path that I have thought about and thought, Lord, I truly want to see this take place and truly believe that God can carry that out. Deep down inside, I know that there's lessons to be had should it go in the opposite direction, but I don't need to put that at the forefront of my requests to God. You know, I, I struggle with trying to verbalize this because I'm trying to understand this completely for myself because I know that in my life, I've been disappointed enough times. I've disappointed people enough times to where I want to give them an out. I want to give them the ability to show up for me should they want to, but also loosen my expectations and give them the ability to not disappoint me. And so if, if they don't follow through, if they don't do what they were going to say, I'm not disappointed because I kind of assumed that it wouldn't happen in the first place. You know, we do that to protect ourselves. And what God's word's saying right here, we don't have faith in the Lord if we can't go to the Lord saying, this is what I pray for. This is the understanding. This is what I need, or this is what I need to be brought through. God hears that and he cares deeply about that. But we should not go assuming that we will receive anything. It says in verse eight, he is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. When we go assuming that we are owed something of God, then that is treacherous ground to be walking upon. That is not faith either. And saying that we are owed something is not true love and faith. It is arrogance. And there's no place for love amongst arrogance and assumption. There is only faith and love that should be our guiding principles as we make it through various trials, as we pray for the things that we want to see happen in our lives and the lives of others in this world, we should have an expectancy of that taking place, but not assume that that is part of God's plan. It's a weird thing to say because it very much sounds like you're still giving God an out. And I don't completely know how to verbalize this clearly yet, 
But what I'm juggling with is that understanding that if I am not leading in everything that I think of and put out there into the world and pray and, and when I'm talking to other people and when I'm interacting with people, if I am not leading in love and having faith in Christ through that, then I am wavering. I am unstable in my different ways. And what's interesting is that if I am not in alignment with verses two through eight, then chances are I am not being Jared, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. If I am being a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, these things fall into place for me relatively easily. If I am struggling in any of these ways, in any of these areas, chances are I am out of alignment with my position with God and Jesus. And so what I need to do is remind myself and reposition myself in a place where I can be in alignment. And really the only way that I know of that I can do that is to take the example of Jesus when he was on earth, and that is to spend time with the Father realigning myself. When I am not able to carry out some of these things properly, I know that that's a time where I need to go off into the mountain to pray or go off into the wilderness to pray as Jesus did, get alone with God and get realigned with God so that I can come back at the different things that I have to deal with in life with the right mindset, being able to move forward in faith so that that steadfastness is produced, which is what I want. It is that sanctification process. It is what takes me further from sin and closer to Jesus. It is the result that I want. The book of James verses one through eight is what we've looked at so far here. The takeaway that I have for you is that there is a process for dealing with things in life responsibly and in faith. And that is mapped out here in these verses. And when we find ourselves struggling with that, it is an invitation to reposition ourselves with God and Jesus by positioning ourselves as a servant at the feet of Jesus, realigning ourselves in whatever that takes, whatever that takes in time, whatever that takes in amount of prayer and quietness and stillness and removing of other things in our lives that might be in the way that are causing breaks in our ability to carry out these things are things that have to be looked at and considered and prayed about. It is a process and it's an ongoing process. There is no arriving at perfection here. There is a deliberate moving towards it and constant need to realign with the Father when we find ourselves lacking in certain ways, which is just a beautiful thing to have how amazing is it that we have that? Because that is having true hope, is having the ability to connect with the Father in that way. Let me close this in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I'm just so thankful for your word and how you speak your word uniquely into our hearts and what those words mean and how they mean something different uh, to us and how the words come alive when we share them with each other and speak those words of truth into each other's lives. God, I just... Um, I'm, I'm thankful for that. And Lord, I, I pray that as we move forward, that we look at opportunities that come our way, whether they be great and easy to invite into our lives or challenging and hard to accept into our lives, God, that we move forward in faith, that we move forward with a desire of steadfastness and growth and realignment with you when necessary. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thanks so much for checking out this video and for being through this study with me. We're going to be going through the book of James. So if you're interested, subscribe to the channel here on YouTube or the podcast, wherever you might be listening. And if you have any questions or you want to interact, the comment section below the video or uh, contact me by email. I'd love to interact with you and just chew on God's word a little bit more. And we've got something to share and something to learn from each other. That's the beauty in all of this. So make sure to reach out. But until then, take care and I hope to see you back in the next one.